fashion insider friends. What is up? This is the Fashion Crimes Podcast, where I cover all things fashion, style, shopping, style inspiration, and interview incredible small business owners who are changing the fashion industry for the better. Yes, I'm the best friend you never knew you needed and the poster child for fashion over 40. And I mean, way after 40. Say it with me. Fashion and style are your friends, not your enemies. I'm Holly Cates, your favorite personal stylist, and let's keep it real, the only Holly you need to know. Turn it up, because I got a lot to say, and I am super stoked you're here. Hey there, everybody. This is your favorite personal stylist and your favorite podcaster, the hostess with the mostest, and the only Holly you need to know. I am Holly Cates. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We hope that you have had a fabulous fashionable week. But without further ado, we have such a BFD this week, I can't even get over it. This week, we have Marissa Wilson with us this week, fashion designer extraordinaire. Marissa, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me today. Of course. I'm so excited you're here. I have seen you. I've heard about you. I got to see you win your award at the Rising Star Awards for FGI. I am so happy that you won. Congratulations. Thank you. I just want you to tell us, for people who don't know about the Marissa Wilson line, give us your elevator pitch. All right. So Marissa Wilson, New York is a contemporary women's wear brand based out here in New York. Um, And The idea behind this brand is that we want our customers to wear their soul. So I hand draw and hand paint all of the prints and I put a a lot of love into each motif and textile manipulation that I develop. And I really want the wearer to be able to bring out their own personality through bold colors and really easy silhouettes. That is incredible. How long have you been in business? Uh, first launched in 2016, but really in 2021 is where we started to show it in New York Fashion Week and things really started to really evolve with the brand. Tell us about your history and how you decided this is what you wanted to do for the rest of your life. Yeah, so I, I wanted to be a fashion designer from a really young age. My mom is a really creative person. Uh, I come from an entrepreneurial family. I'm first generation Guyanese American, and we had a fa- we had a family business growing up. So it didn't sound crazy to you know go out of school and s- start a business right then and there, but. Um, I, you know, when I was in the second grade, my mom was reupholstering all of the uh, the cushions and curtains around the house. And there was these little scraps of fabric. And, you know, I started playing with them on my Barbies and draping and pinning. And that's when she first taught me how to hand sew and kind of just been figuring it out from there. And, you know, I went to I went to school for fashion. I majored in fashion design at Marist College with a double minor in fashion merchandising and product development. Um, So I went through that career track. I did a ton of internships and undergrad. Um, I worked in the industry and gained a lot of experience as I was building my business. So I worked for big and small companies such as Jay Mendel and Oscar De La Renta. Um, so really have that atelier experience as well as these mass brands like uh, DKNY and Calvin Klein and and cool brands like Rag and Bone as well. So having all of these experiences in my back pocket and then trying to take everything that I could learn along the way for my own business. You are like textbook entrepreneur on your way on the path 
of gold. Good for you. That is incredible. I too have a BFA in um, fashion design and I got every job in fashion but design. <laughs> so um, I was in gar- garment construction and costing and production, which led me to learn how to shop really well, which in turn, I became a stylist because I know how to shop for others. So interesting that you said that you have done a ton of internships and you've gotten so much experience. Um, Did you have design experience? Were you making samples? Were you sewing on site? Tell us what you were doing a little bit. Yeah, so I had a, um, so I did uh, design roles in my professional experience and my my interns I had um, when I was with Jamin Del Nosker, De La Renta were both in the design room. Um, but I also worked in the fabric room. So I was learning how to source um, when I was at uh, Rag and Bone, I was doing product development. So I was understanding the entire supply chain process. So going from that process from how do you take this concept that you've developed into a design? How do you bring it to life? Not just in that first sample, but also how to make it production friendly and how to make it so that other people can actually wear those clothes. So you know, having that range of experience, like one thing that I always learned in school is that a good designer is also a good merchant. A good designer is also a good product developer, really making sure that whenever I sat in those rooms with those cross-functional partners, I was also learning how to be a better partner to them and also understand what goes into their roles. Because ultimately, when I was going to start my own line, I would have to do all of those different, wear all of those different hats myself as well. How large is your team right now? Right now, it's full-time. It's Ben and myself. Um, ben is my business partner and my fiancé-to-be, or my husband-to-be, my fiancé. Love um, him. <laughs> he is the best. Love him. Um, we do. We do love him. And we have a PR team out in LA, which has been really great for uh, visibility in uh, celebrities and out in Hollywood. So that's been a really great help in getting the brand out there and some brand um, brand awareness. Um, so yeah, it's a lean and mean team. <laughs> Tell us about your target customer and your price point. Are you designing for you and people like you or are you designing for American women, blank, so forth and so on? Give us sort of who you're designing for. So the target audience for Marissa Wilson is anyone who feels like they want to push the bounds of what they take into their wardrobe. They want to wear something different, but they don't want it to be fussy or Mm -hmm. difficult to figure out how to do. What I really like to do is make sure that the wearer feels like they can be themselves and bring their own, shine their own light through the clothes. And, you know, I like to design without ego. It's not about me creating this perfect archetype of who I want to wear the clothes. But what I really enjoy is when someone is trying on an interesting color or a print that they might not have tried before. And then there's this kind of ease of just like, huh, this works for me. And it it's really that feeling from within that I really want people to feel. It's not that, oh, you should wear this with this healer, but I really want it to be about letting the light shine through, letting someone, you know, know what's in their existing wardrobe. Like I don't like, I like working within really familiar silhouettes. So it's easy for someone to figure out how to wear something. And the art art and the craft for me is really through the textiles. So really interesting prints, embroidery techniques, beading and things like that. And you might have your favorite pair of jeans or your 
favorite blazer that you might be able to pair it with. So it's understandable in the sense of fitting Marissa Wilson into your existing wardrobe, but also allowing you to have that freedom and really, you know, be able to be outside the box because I know people want that really something special, but they don't want it to be difficult. I agree with you. When I try on clothes and I can't figure it out, I'm like, forget it. It needs to agree with you. It needs to be easy. I want to talk to you about your fabric sourcing. So you had said that that was a very important part of the process. Can you give us an example of a day of you fabric sourcing? Like I can just see you in Morocco. I could just see you at one of these big air open markets. Is that what it's like? Or tell us what it's like. Yeah, I I think for me, I, I work with a series of qualities that have a lot of different opportunities to do something to them. So while the cloth might be, the base cloth might be simple, it's what I like to add to it that makes it something special. So actually this fabric right here. Show us, show us. Um, so this uh, was from my fall 23 collection. Typically I wouldn't do something like this, but I wanted to try something a little a little special, but for my fall 23 collection, usually I will do digital prints or set things up digitally. But for this fabric, I painted directly onto the fabric. So this is all jacquard paint. Um, So this I turned into a bias cut dress that I wore down the runway. Um, And I actually wore for my designer curtain call for my fall 23 runway show, I actually walked hand in hand with uh, the legendary Pat Cleveland. So that was a really special moment that I'll always remember with this fabric. But, you know, being able to add my love for craftsmanship and artistry into the textiles is something that I really, really love to do. So if you have a dress, like just say, you know, that's painted fabric, how do you care for that? Is it dry clean only? Do you just not sweat in it? Like, you know, <laughs> give us the give us the real lowdown. Yeah, so this dress was really my artistry and my product development mind going at against each other. So typically I wouldn't go to production on something that's hand-painted. I'll transition it um, oh, into a either yeah, to I a got print you. or a jacquard. But this was really just like a, a moment for me to not think about all of those logistics of, you know, care instructions and, and, and all of those things like that. But really just for me to just roll up my sleeves and do something that's not normally so practical <laughs> that my product development head might hat might say that's not production friendly but you know I like to kind of push the bounds of what the fabrics are doing and saying and you know the way that that can make people feel tell us about your size range what sizes do you carry so we offer size 0 up through uh size 20 so we do offer nice. an extended size range which is really important um because I want I don't want you know, the reason not to buy is that, you know, we're not offering, right. you know, a size. So, you know, if you, if you want to show off your personality, if you want to wear bold prints, you know, it's a safe space here with Marissa Wilson. I love that. Do people always ask you for like, do your friends, are they always asking you for style advice? And you're like, stop asking me. <laughs> I, I do get uh, questions about style advice. It, you know, it's funny enough is like, I, don't enjoy shopping and because it's like it conflicts with my shopping my it conflicts with you know my I feel like I'm always working when I'm looking at right clothes, right of course like work for me so but you know if they're they have some style advice that they need I always say just like keep it easy keep it simple like I'm not a fussy person like I'm not someone who you know has a whole bunch of 
you know, drapery and all of those things like that. Like silhouettes, I really think are tried and true and don't need to necessarily reinvent the wheel, but you know, it's really about interesting details, like interesting, you know, pops of color that, you know, if you're not into color in an all over way, like maybe it's just a little accent on the neckband or, you know, I love an underarm or, or like a side scene color pop. And those little accents too can allow you to step a little bit outside of your comfort zone, but without doing something that doesn't feel authentic to you. But looking for really interesting details is a really easy way to still feel like you're, you know, looking at things and trying something that's more interesting. Would you consider your clothing more day wear or night wear or evening wear? Can you transition it for both? Can you explain that? Yeah, definitely easy to go from day to night. Like I like a heel, but I also love like a good chunky Vibram platform or a, right. or a boot or something like that. And I've worn my clothes with both. So, you know, really easy to dress it up, dress it down or like put something, you know, like an oversized like sweater on top of it and, you know, really be easy to dress up and dress down. Do you live in New York full time? I'm a Jersey girl, so I'm just outside oh. of Jersey. Okay. Jersey, New York area is where I am right now. Is that your studio is in New Jersey? Yes. Good. I'm sure it's nice and quiet there. Yeah, it's it's nice to be able to spread out a little bit and get to do my my arts and crafts a little get bit. Get a real studio for a real <laughs> price instead of like a, a closet for the same price. Good for you for doing that. Can you show us what's hanging behind you? I'm so intrigued. Yeah. So these two pieces are actually available now on marissawilsonny.com. So this here is from my Spring 23 collection, which was inspired by my Guyanese heritage. So I did all of these paintings that were just inspired by my memories of going back to my you know, we have a house down there going back and seeing my mom's house where she grew up in and, you know, the birds and the, you know, the tropical trees and palm trees and things like that. And just this easy breezy lifestyle. So you can see here, it's just like, you know, this really tropical Caribbean inspired, easy breezy dress. So is that smocking? It's considered smocked on the on the top, right? Yes. So this is all smocked here. So here's a long sleeve version of it as well. And then it's a dropped waist. Um, and then it releases. So this is a maxi silhouette. And then here's another version of it, another print that I also hand painted. The bodice is smocked. And then also has that dropped waist silhouette as well. Tell people what smocked means who are just listening and not watching the video. So smocking means that there is a thread of elastic that runs through that shears the fabric. So it's a little bit of a closer fit through the sleeves and the bodice. And then once it releases at the waist, then it goes into a nice flowy skirt. Smocking is a great garment detail that makes you look really thin if you're if you have a little waist. And then it really emphasizes your curve. So that that's a great detail. And I know it's not cheap to put that on the machine and get that smocked. So that, to me, I love supporting small brands because the little things like that, it's all about the details. It's so important. Tell us about slow process, small batches, small dying batches. Can you speak to your sustainability? Because it sounds like you're very, you know, going down that path. Absolutely. So as the brand has been starting to grow in the last couple of seasons, we've 
we're now starting to understand our customer more. So we've developed this made to order model where we will go. So we'll go into pre-order ahead of time and start to take Intel and data of who our audience is and where their, their sizes are. So we'll place a small buy. And then once those sizes run out, um, we offer those sizes and made to order. So this allows I us see. to do a little bit of learning as well as still being able to offer an extended size range and be able to service customers as we're still learning where to buy deeper in certain sizes versus others. We found that our extended size range has been really successful and people are really supportive of seeing that we offer sizes, you know, more than a size 10. We've really built a wonderful audience there, but you know, our made-to-order model, uh, we can turn around within two to four weeks, which is a quick turnaround, even still for making on demand. So as we're in this really new phase of the business, this is uh, another program that we've just started recently running um, that we're really excited to learn more about our customers with. So is everything being produced in New York slash New Jersey? No, we produce overseas, so we import we import all of our goods. And how is your relationship with your factories? And the reason why I'm asking is because more and more customers I find are demanding it was made in an ethical way. The factories have been certified, so forth and so on. Do you have that kind of relationship with your factories? We do. We work with an agent overseas that really makes sure that all of our brand values are carried throughout our our development. So we work with uh, factories that do small batches, so they're not massive, massive, massive factories. Um, We work with mills that can take our smaller batch runs. So, you know, they're looking to really grow with us and doing it in a small and controlled way um, where we still have visibility into what's happening, but, you know, we don't have to overextend and overdevelop. What do you do with the leftover fabric, if I may ask? I take the fabric in, I I will keep it in our studio and I'll use it to workshop. Like I'm actually, I've got a little piece of this fabric here that I've been working on, um, just cutting up and doing some manipulations because most of the things that I do are, are printed. So it's helpful for me to see and experiment with things that have some sort of motif on it instead of just like white muslin. Right, right. Of of course. And do you have a lot left over or do you just have some? I'm just curious. Normally what we'll do is we'll buy a little extra fabric when we go to production. So Mm -hmm. we'll have a little bit of extra so that we are able to take in made-to-order requests so that the customer doesn't need to also have to wait for the fabric to go through the process all over again. But we'll have a little bit of extra ready. Um, I've got a little bit here from sampling, and usually I, I... use it up uh, at some point by the following season. Yeah. Uh, so as far as, you know, from sampling, I'll take it back in and I'll continue to work with it. And then for production, we have a little bit on reserve to be able to intake those um, made to order requests. That's really incredible. Good for you. And congratulations for being able to do that. It's really hard. It's not easy to be, a lot of people claim that they're sustainable and they're not, or some people have one garment that's cons- sustainable and they say, oh, we're sustainable now. But you know, you really are making sure that the fabric is being used. And if you can't use it all, you know, you're doing other things with it. So do you plan on expanding your line? What are your plans? Yeah, so we're working on spring 24 right now. So actually, to to your point, this fabric was some fabric that I had in my studio. I had about 10 yards of wool gabardine that I was like, I'm gonna let me see what I can do with this. So that's where this sort of um, experiment came to be. 
But yeah, right now we're playing around with some ideas for spring 24 um, and just planning a wedding. I know. Where are you getting married? Yeah. um, We're getting married in Seville in Spain. Wow. So that's going to be very exciting. Are you going to design your own dress? I'm not. not. Good for you. I don't know (laughs) if you could. I mean, that's a lot to take on. Yes. Uh, No, I had the I have my dress already and taking a, a step away to, to breathe good for, for you. a moment. <laughs> good, good for you. That's incredible. So as a newer business, tell us about the the honor you just received at FGI. Yeah, it, it was a big surprise. It was a really incredible honor that I was able to win the award of a rising star for the category of women's wear. I'm sorry, that is a for huge ready, honor. For ready to wear. Yes. A huge honor. <laughs> Yes. So I've never won anything before and I I didn't have any expectations or I I didn't have anything planned to sit. Right, right, right. (laughs) um, For my speech. But, you know, I'm really grateful for FGI for believing in my vision. And it is great validation. It's been a rough, tough couple of years with COVID and everything that's happening with the retail space. So it was nice to feel like you know, we're moving in the right direction. Is a store in your future, perhaps? Maybe. You never Maybe. know. <laughs> and what about accessories and bags? Accessories could be in the future as well. <laughs> Very interested, just to let you know. I have seen your name on the list. We frequent Fashion Week, and we've never been able to get into your shows. And so and now that I feel like I know you, I would love to, you know, support you and come see your collection and and see how we can get your name out there and get people to see what you're doing and appreciate and, and participate in what you're doing. Tell us how to follow you. Absolutely. Yeah, you can follow us at Marissa Wilson, M-A-R-R-I-S-A-W-I-L-S-O-N-N-Y. You can follow us on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, and you can shop us at marissawilsonny.com. So if you had like one truth bomb or mantra or something that you live by, mine is, as a personal stylist, it's your style must evolve with your age. Because if you don't evolve with your age, then you're stuck. And I pride myself in getting people unstuck. What is your one mantra that you live by if you have one? I think it would be just to kind of piggyback off of what you were saying. I think my mantra would be to wear your soul. I think we're in this age right now. We're coming out of COVID where we don't want to keep doing the same thing over again. We're, you know, people are leaving their jobs. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they're choosing themselves. They're taking time for themselves. So, you know, as we're looking at brands and who's really, you know, looking out for, you know, you and your well-being, I think that it is this idea of, you know, wear what makes you happy, wear what makes you feel good. It doesn't need to be what people's idea of what business casual needs to look like, or if, you know, anyone's ever told you not to wear color because it's not professional or anything like that. It's, we're in this space right now where, you know, life is really short and, you know, we don't need to keep running this rat race of what the world told it tells us it needs to be and just wear your soul and do what makes you feel good. It's funny that you mentioned that because I had a client yesterday. She was like, I was told I can't wear X color and this color. I said, I don't know who told you that, but it's not true. And just because you're of a certain age doesn't mean 
you can't do this, you can't do that. Now, there's other things that are limiting, yes, but color certainly is not one of them. And in reviewing your collection online, what's so interesting to me is that it looks ageless. Anybody of any age could wear it. It is something my mom could wear. It's something my older sister could wear. It's something that somebody really young could wear and make it look chic. And that, in my opinion, is true style. Because when you have something that's pigeonholed, yes, great, fabulous. But once the person grows out of that, it kind of goes back into the wind. And it's very difficult and confusing for people to understand how to evolve and how to not wear the same clothes from 15 years ago. Your stuff looks like it would be in style for a very long time and carry you through the ages. And I know, you, of course, you agree with that, but that's just what I've noticed in looking through your line because it's different. It's not what you see every day. And I love to call it life beyond the mall. You know, when I coach people, there's so many small brands just like yourself that need the attention and need the customers. And maybe they buy one piece a year or maybe they buy 100 pieces. Regardless, it makes me so happy to know that there's people out there doing what you do. So thank you for doing what you do. And and I can't wait to see what else you have. And so I'm glad I'm, I'm excited about the next collection. Collection will you be showing at this New York Fashion Week in September? Um, in some capacity, we will. We're still figuring out what that looks like, but I'm pretty sure we will be. Yes, <laughs> that sounds great. Do you have any final thoughts or anything you'd like to leave us with before we sign off? I would say that. Making connections is something that's really special. So, you know, having these conversations and connecting with our customers in a way that feels really special and unique is something that is really valuable to me and where I really see success is. It's really about making those authentic connections. And that's the way that I do it is through my art and through the prints is, you know, showing that bit of love. So I'm really appreciative to make these connections. And I hope that, you know, to learn more about your audience and hopefully we can continue to make that connection together. Oh, thank you. We are fashion over 40 way over 40. That's what I like to say. So I love people are emailing me, texting me, asking me questions all the time. What about this? What about this? What about this? And these people are busy. They're moms, they're entrepreneurs. They might have kids in the house or out of the house, but they're getting that second chapter. They're turning 50. They got a divorce. They're getting a new job. They're not running carpool anymore. And they, if COVID has taught us anything, I really think it's about talking again. And about getting people to start making those personal connections and getting off their phones, even though we're on screens now, if we can't be together physically, we can be together virtually. And I think that's one of the good things that have come out of COVID is that, yeah, our dress code got sloppier, but we can get that back. That's not hard. But when supporting small brands really brings about that shop local, shop, you know, small business Saturday. And so people really start to connect with you and you can, they can say, Hey, I'd love a sleeve on that. Hey, maybe I'd, I'd like this a little bit shorter. You can't do that with big box stores. So it's so important that we keep people like you alive and, and well and, and stay engaged. And I do want you to start doing a little bit evening wear. That's just 
my suggestion. I'd love some leather pants. That's another thing that I'm interested in. So let me know. I always say if you're looking for any supermodels over the, you know, age 45, please let me know. I'm happy to volunteer. And we are so excited to meet you and grateful for you to speak with us. And we will certainly be following you and engaging with you. And we will see you at Fashion Week. Hopefully, I hope that you show because I'll be in the front row. Invited or not. <laughs> we would love to have you here, Holly. You're very sweet. You're very sweet. I always say, don't invite me because I'll come. Don't invite me. But anyway, I'm I'm so excited. I love your dresses. Be expecting a big filing from all of us here at the Passion Crimes Podcast, um, where we talk about fashion over 40, way over 40. And we love, love, love to support women entrepreneurs and small brands in the fashion industry making a difference. And that would be you, Miss Marissa Wilson. And Ben, too. We love Ben. So thank you. I know. So thank you so much for speaking with us. And will you come back after your next collection? Absolutely. As long as you'll have me. Okay. Love it. We'd love to see what you got going on. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. This has been Holly Case, your favorite personal stylist. And as always, the only Holly you need to know. Check out Marissa Wilson. Check out her collection, her website, her Instagram. And you never know. You just might meet her. She just might come over. We might just be new besties. We'll see. Y'all have a good fashionable fashionable week and talk to you soon we are signing off bye